I'm the gatekeeper. Are you the key master? Welcome to Cover Us Podcast. Hey, Holly. Hi, Sarah. Um, what are we doing today? Ghostbusters? I think we're talking about Ghostbusters. Awesome. Okay. Ghostblowers. <laughs> yes, you'll find out why it's called that in a while, I guess. Yeah, I feel like this is a really huge movie of our childhood, like yeah. One of the first blockbusters of childhood that I remember. Yeah, for sure. It was like everybody had all of the paraphernalia. Oh, yeah. I didn't, though. I mean, I actually don't think I had any paraphernalia either. <laughs> now that you mention it. I think a lot of boys had. I think it was a lot of boys that had the paraphernalia of Ghostbusters. I think I had like a Slimer toy. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Slime was super huge then from like mm-hmm. the Nickelodeon show and then mm-hmm. uh, you can't do that on television and then Slimer the main ghost from the movie. I feel like I had Slime and that's about it. But I liked the movie. I just didn't have like a Ghostbuster toy or anything you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I feel like I saw this movie so many times. <laughs> When I was a little kid. And then I never watched it again. Me too. Until pretty much I didn't see it. I didn't know what to expect, frankly. But you did remember the ghost blowjob. Well, yes, that was <laughs> that was burned into my brain. <laughs> That's the top ten. Because when I saw it, I it was like I knew what she was going to do. Even though I was like really little, I knew what she was going to do. And I felt really uncomfortable because I knew what she was doing. And I was watching it with like my mom or an adult. Mm-hmm. I think it was probably my mom. And I was like, oh my God, does she know that I know <laughs> what that ghost is doing? Oh my God. To him. And mm-hmm. so I remember that as being an awkward moment because I had become aware of of uh, sex acts in a yeah that is awkward. I feel like any type of like sexual scene was awkward with your parents in the room, but especially if it was like ghost on human <laughs> sex acts. <laughs> well, and it's so it's seemingly so random too. That's the thing. So. I actually didn't remember that part at all until you mentioned it during like our previous episode. And then I was like, what, how could I not remember this? And so when it finally came on, I was like, oh, this is so weird. And it looks like it was a whole other scene that they edited down or something. Like it just doesn't fit. You're right. He's wearing like a medieval looking costume and he's laying in a, he's, they make it like a dream sequence where Dan Aykroyd, Raymond. He's in like a, it looks like in a museum or like an old castle or something. And, and he's wearing, in a cot. Yeah, he's in like this old cot, weird, old looking bed. And then he's wearing his like Ghostbusters uniform, but there's like a medieval like coat over it, like he had been dressing up. And then randomly is a ghost is hovering over him. It's like a pretty blonde ghost and she unzipped his pants and then we see his tidy whities and then we just see her like <laughs> hover down towards his crotch and it's like where did this come from and why is it in this movie like this movie was clearly marketed to children and who decided like hey let's put a ghost beager in here just for kicks and it's like who even thought of that happening who felt it was necessary to put in or leave in I don't get it and why did we have to see Dan Aykroyd's junk? I didn't need to see that. Okay, you want <laughs> I mean, I guess since we're just getting the blowjobs out of the way. Yeah, right I just now. couldn't help it. <laughs> I was shocked. I was shocked. Because I had always remembered this movie. 
Harold Ramis is the one getting yeah. the blood job. And so when I saw it, I was like, what? I wonder if that's because you wanted to give Harold Ramis a blowjob when you were a kid. <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, move on from that. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay. Well, Ghostbusters is a montage sequence of the whole movie is a montage the whole movie is a montage sequence of new york being destroyed by some guys who are pretty funny (laughs) i described ghostbusters i guess you could also say that um there was a sumerian god zool who was worshipped by an architect named Evo Shandar who had a cult, the cult of Gozar. And he built a giant building in New York City that was actually like a power generator for Zul, the Sumerian god, to uh, concentrate enough frequency into the through the building to create a portal so that Zul could get through the portal and come into this world. Mm. Like that's like the whole why everything's going on. Then on top of that, you've got these Ghostbusters who are using highly, really they're bringing a grenade launcher to a fourth of july barbecue (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty much how i would describe the (laughs) ghostbuster gear Mm -hmm. don't cross the streams that's something that i've always remembered through childhood don't cross the streams what's gonna happen um it will like reverse the portal and Oh, I don't know. It says like time will stop and like all life on earth will end as we know it or something. Or like every cell in your body will melt. I don't know. Something terrible. I can't remember. Just don't do it. Don't do it. The hauntings start. The first phenomena is at the library. Mm -hmm. And when I was a little kid, this was actually my favorite part of this movie. Yes. Because... The library is gorgeous. And I was like, I want to go to New York City so I can go to this library and just hang out at this library. And then um, it was really scary when I was little. And I realized that I actually don't remember this movie as a comedy. I remember Mm -hmm. it as a scary movie that was funny sometimes. You know the theme song? Of course. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters, right? Yeah. So, do you know that Huey Lewis song in the news song, I Want a New Drug? Yes. Do you think that sounds like Ghostbusters? No. Have you ever thought that? No. Is that like a thing? Huey Lewis sued, tried to sue them. That's insane. That makes me think less of Huey. (laughs) I know. I always just thought it was probably like a nice guy. but now i feel like that's a reach plus it's like um ray parker jr had one hit huey don't try to take that away from him i know you had plenty just relax you had plenty that sucked okay yeah that did not that did not that doesn't sound alike either no yeah well he didn't get anything for it but but they had they had originally asked huey lewis to do the theme song and he said no that strengthens his argument though then to me (laughs) they're like oh well then we're just gonna make something that sounds like you you know yeah but it actually makes it worse but I don't think it sounds anything like him. Like, I never thought, yeah. like, oh, I thought that was Huey that did the Ghostbusters theme. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> never entered my 
I feel like it's a pretty unique sound. Yeah. That's what I Whatever, like. Huey. Pfft. Yeah. Can I tell you like really fast my yeah. Huey Lewis? Of course. It has to do with you. Um, like, I don't know. I might have mentioned this on a previous episode because I have like early onset Alzheimer's, but don't don't say that. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> anyway, um, when we were little and we love new kids on the block and mm-hmm. you used to have to go get concert tickets like at record stores yes. do you remember that yes, totally. oh my god and so like the record store in our town we went to go get them and um that it was like selling out so fast and we were like ah, we love them. Ah. and then the guy who worked in the record store was all like bitter about it and he was like Huey Lewis and the news sold out faster than this I don't know why but I just like always remember that like he hated us he hated new kids on the block and he was just like huey lewis is the real deal <laughs> huey lewis yeah <laughs> he's like he's like man i never had little fourth grade girls pay attention to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's my memory oh my god Mm-hmm. I totally remember that guy being all salty with us. He was totally salty. He was probably like 18 or something. In my mind, he was like 40. I don't know. Oh my God. So what do you so what are your memories of this movie? Definitely I love the library scene too, but it was scary. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, my mom worked in a library. I was always in the library as a kid. So I also love libraries. Mm-hmm. And so I like that part, but it did scare me a lot. I feel like Slimer was kind of scary at first, but then he was just like silly. And so he didn't scare me. Um, I just remember like sliming. I remember are you the key master? <laughs> like my, I, I always think of that. Um, and then Rick Moranis, when he was like running around like all crazy, I remember that. And then just like the whole Bill Murray is probably like the main one that I remember. He's kind of like the standout of the film, right? And then of course the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, like that's the main the main childhood memory because mm-hmm. he looks so cute at first <laughs> wait but I do remember the scary part too because that woman at the end was very scary looking the one that like Zool manifested as this woman yeah that you know that freaked was freaked me out they tried to get Wee Herman to be that woman <laughs> What is going on? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Pee Wee Herman was their first choice. What? Not as Pee Wee Herman. Like they were gonna dress him up, but Paul Paul Rubens, right? But still (laughs) just seems so odd. So this was 1984. Uh, Was he doing like Pee Wee by that time? I didn't check. I didn't like look into it. It was just something I came across and I was like, oh my god, that's amazing. Can you imagine? Wee Herman as Zool, the evil Sumerian god. What the hell? Was everyone just on coke all the time? I think so. <laughs> Makes no sense. Would they have put him in the same outfit and like done the same eye makeup think, and stuff? I think so. Yeah. I think what they the? were because they had that like vision for it. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm gonna have weird dreams tonight. <laughs> Yeah, they they were going for like a David Bowie okay. stardust esque aesthetic. Yeah, I can see that. Plus Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, he's not who comes to mind if you are going for that. I love I wish that had happened. I gotta look into this more. Also, the outfit that the Zool character at the end is wearing, mm-hmm. it's like this cool, like see-through bodysuit with all these embellishments. And that reminds me of the Britney Spears bodysuit in Toxic. Oh. I think it was like the inspiration. Probably. I'm going to look that, I'm gonna look that is up. Is that like a glittery, is that like her glittery? I don't even know. I think that's the that Toxic video. video. Yeah. I'm going to um, ask you a question. Here, we're going to do a little experiment on the air. 
Okay. Today. Okay. I want you to uh, tell me. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. What I'm. Um, okay. Is it a square? No, you're getting shocked. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. You have um, the card with the circle on it. Do you want to do one? Yeah, I do. Okay. Oh my God. This is so fun. Ooh, I'm going to say, I want to say a square. But it is. Maybe because you just said that. Sarah got <laughs> yeah. it right. It's a square. Circle gets the square. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's so cool because honestly, I didn't say it but now that you did that that's like one of the huge memories from the movie is the psychic experiment okay. is it a wave yes you got it right I can't believe you have these cards did you already have them you didn't like order had, it for I this already had, no no I already had the cards if you're wondering what the fuck we're doing we're playing with ESP cards yes like those featured in the hit movie Ghostbusters that was so fun. Oh my God. I got so excited when you held up that circle. It's just like the one he holds up in the movie. Oh my God. Um, yeah. Now that I've gotten you in the mood, I'm going to mercilessly, mercilessly skewer this film. Good. I was hoping you would. Okay. Do you want to talk about how Venkman, played by the lovable Bill Murray, is electrocuting a guy for getting the right answers to the esp psychic cards much like the ones we were just playing around with every time he would get a correct answer he would get electrocuted and then the girl that was with him who was another college student every time she answered no matter what she answered which was always wrong he would say, oh, you're exactly right. I can't believe how psychic you are. Your ESP is unbelievable. Why don't you come back tonight? Mm-hmm. And we'll work on your ESP some more. And she's like, oh, I always, you know, I mean, she's really excited about being psychic. Mm-hmm. And she's very young. Like, she's like, you know, 20. Yeah. And Venkman is a doctor at a university and he's the worst scientist. (laughs) He's terrible. Yeah. He's a doctor of parapsychology and psychology and psychology. Okay. Yes. That experiment is like right at the beginning of the movie. And that is like a super memorable part and it just sets the scene of bill murray once again being like creepy and sexually inappropriate i mean that's kind of his thing well he i I was like i was thinking back to seeing this movie so many times as a kid and always just thinking that that like the that the adults laughed at that scene and like oh haha he's like tricking her because he's a guy and he thinks that she's cute and that's funny Mm -hmm. and not seeing it from the girl's perspective of this is a 40 year old man who is supposed to be a professor and an authority and who is telling me that I'm good at something that I want to be good at but in reality I'm really terrible at it and he just wants to get in my pants. Yeah. Like, that's really gross. And it's happened to a lot of people. And like, yeah. So I'm just going to get that out of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they all get fired from the university. I'd say rightly so. Yes, they're terrible scientists. I mean, what are they even doing? They're that's something doing- that like, mm-hmm. what? Go ahead. I was just gonna say like that's something you know as a kid you don't like pick up on these kind of details because you're not paying attention to it but like looking at it watching it as an adult it's like (laughs) what university would have these dudes hanging around and like they're getting paid to do this research they're doing a very bad job I think they deserve to be shut down so like later 
after they get shut down, I think you're supposed to feel like on their side, but really like you shouldn't be on their side because they're not no. doing anything. And the Dean is like completely correct in stopping them exactly. <laughs> before he like sexually assaults this girl later that night. Yeah. Um, but so later, like after they get fired and they're outside on the lawn of the university and Bill Murray's like drinking and um, Venkman is drinking and then Raymond Dan Aykroyd is talking and he was like, this is one of my favorite lines because it's so funny. And he was just saying like, I've loved working in academia. Um, they give us a facility and we didn't have to produce anything. <laughs> They gave us money, a facility. We didn't have to produce anything. And then he's like, you've never been out of college. You don't know what it's like out there. They expect results. <laughs> it's oh like so funny. Obviously, like great research comes out of universities, but it is yeah. kind of true. There are people who just like spend their whole life in that setting. They never leave that academic setting. They don't have a perspective of like what it is like in the real world because mm-hmm. they're kind of like cushioned in there. Yeah, and, and I know a if, few people like that. Oh, and if they have tenure, it's even oh yeah, more relaxed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I know a girl who was getting funding. She was doing like um, blending like art therapy with learning a language, mm-hmm. and she kept getting like grants for it. Um, and then she was working on it for like seven years. And then finally, they're like, um, okay. Oh, my gosh. We're done. <laughs> she didn't have her finish. Oh, yes. She didn't even finish. Oh, fuck. Yeah. But she was, like, getting yeah. funding. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to keep doing this as long as they keep giving me money for it. Did she open a paranormal investigation <laughs> agency? maybe (laughs) (laughs) she could have damn yeah yeah I mean I can see how that can happen it's like the thing just gets too big Mm -hmm. and out of it gets unwieldy and then it's like you can't edit it because you've been (laughs) in it for too long and then you need like a test audience exactly to edit for you now we understand yes that's exactly right um yeah no judgment because i mean i would have done yeah. the same thing given the opportunity <laughs> i'm sure i would be doing the same thing so i thought that the ectoplasm like was pretty gross but the grossest thing in this movie for me i don't understand why but venkman is standing outside in this very scene that we were just talking about in that mid half length coat. You know the coat I'm talking about? Yeah, like the 80s tweed trench coaty kind of thing. Yeah, but it was like mid calf. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know why, but I found that very disturbing. <laughs> That's like such an odd detail to focus I mean, on. I know. This is the most disturbing thing about this movie is this mid calf length coat and it's cut like a lab coat. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a tweed lab coat. It's so odd. Okay, I'll take another go, look. We'll just like go look at that coat and see if it gives you the willies. I will. So you're like it needs to either be longer, like ankle length, or shorter, like knee length. Is that your beef? I feel like that might have something to do with it. Okay. I'm not I'm not sure though, but it's I definitely didn't expect that to be on your list. <laughs> <laughs> so so we um, so I'll be honest with you, like I didn't really laugh out loud. Like there were some things where I was like, oh that's pretty funny. Like mm-hmm. starting the movie. It wasn't until we see Rick Moranis. <laughs> Uh, Lewis that I basically anytime Rick Moranis is on I'm laughing mm-hmm. it's just everything about him the way he's moving <laughs> the way he like purses his lips like mm-hmm. it's just 
it's all brilliant. We're gonna get to see Sigourney Weaver dressed in like an orange lame dress with crazy 80s makeup on, totally. riding around like a horny demon asking if Bill Murray's the key master because mm-hmm. she's the gatekeeper. So mm-hmm. like the gate is her vagina and the key is his penis. <laughs> now that means I've always taken so. it. I think that's what that means. Okay. That scene is memorable. It was creepy. She's very good at being like possessed, I thought, making like weird writhing noises and weird faces. She actually, when she went in, when Sigourney Weaver went in for her audition, she went in writhing around. Oh. Being possessed. She just like how she came in. Whoa. Her character in this movie, they're polar opposite. So she's very understated, mellow woman, lives by herself. And she has the classic 80s apartment. Oh my God, her apartment was so good. Which is a shame because her apartment is like the center of this portal. Zool. Right. Her refrigerator. Her refrigerator. Now, when Dana got pulled into the refrigerator, and I was thinking, see, ladies, this is what happens when you live by yourself and you work outside the home. You get possessed by a Sumerian god named Zul and you end up fucking your neighbor, Lewis, who you have no interest in whatsoever in your everyday life. Ooh. The whole like plot of this movie is based around a woman's body being possessed and used for sexual purposes. Whenever Dana is possessed and like she's like out of it and all of that stuff, like he, Venkman comes over and he never takes advantage of her when he could have. And that's not even like a consideration. So I do respect that. And I feel like the fact that this whole plot is on the back of a woman like a woman's body is a plot device in this movie okay and i don't think that's like malicious sexism or misogyny on the filmmakers part dan Aykroyd and um harold ramus wrote the movie i just think that's like a product of the time you Mm -hmm. use the woman's character as the plot device to advance the male learning experience Mm. so it's like the hero's journey in every film is learned and explored on the back of a woman and it's the way it is in this movie too yeah you're right he didn't Bankman didn't take advantage of the situation when she was clearly asking for it, but he knew that she was not herself. So it's kind of like if a girl were intoxicated or on drugs and you're respecting the situation, mm-hmm. knowing that it's not really her, mm-hmm. that she's altered. Mm-hmm. And so you do the right thing and you don't take advantage of the situation. So I have to apologize what I said about him being a creep earlier. He was actually not. Yeah. yeah. He does present as a creep, though. Yeah. <laughs> but ultimately, he did the right thing. Yeah. Um, okay, so I know that um, she's the gatekeeper. Yeah. And she's looking for the keymaster, and Lewis is the keymaster later. But I don't remember them, like, do they allude to them having sex? Like, we know yeah. it's going to happen because of that, but they don't show them getting together at all. I always assumed they had sex. Mm-hmm. 
and that always creeped me out yeah like I felt like it wouldn't have been as as like kind of weird to me if if she had been possessed but then Lewis had never actually connected with her even though he was like looking for her that it would have actually been funnier like if he had just continued looking for her Mm -hmm. because then her body even though she was possessed she would have her she would have kept her agency where with Lewis it's like she's having a sexual interaction with a person who she has no interest in whatsoever in her real life Mm -hmm. and so that's the part that creeps me out I'm gonna say that they didn't have sex okay just to preserve yeah they were like encapsulated in those gargoyle statues at the end and they burst out of those so that's why they look disheveled so that's what I'm gonna say that's true I guess maybe I zoned out at that part. You just wanted it. You did like fan fiction of Lewis (laughs) (laughs) having sex. You act like you don't want it, but you imagine the whole scene. Yeah. I was like, (laughs) you know what happened is I think I I think I packed that on as I as a kid. Like that I've always thought that they had sex. This movie has a lot for me, a lot of like remembering things differently yeah i can see how they happened Mm -hmm. very weird i wonder why that is that scene with her when she was possessed too was like a somewhat graphic that didn't need be where she was like i want you inside of me and it's like i don't know again Mm -hmm. i feel like if you're marketing a movie towards kids it's like do you really have to go that far I don't know. I just don't see how like sex added anything to this movie. Like it didn't need to be there. Sex sells. And it clearly made an impression on you. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. It was funny when she was like um, possessed and then she was doing that weird like Lamaze breathing and like floating up off the Mm -hmm. bed. And then it reminded me of like lead as a feather, stiff as a board. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know that you love Annie Potts and she's in this movie too. I know. So there's another connection from one of our recent movies. Yes. Do you love her in this movie too? I do. I love her in this movie. And I also love that she ends up getting together with Harold Ramos Aww. at yeah. the end of the movie um Egon Egon <laughs> yeah I love that she gets with Egon whenever Annie Potts meets Egon she says you're very handy I can tell <laughs> that yeah. was really really great it's cute how she has a crush on him right away mm-hmm. that was one of my favorite quotes from the movie this time is when she's like kind of trying to flirt with them and I don't remember what they're talking about but she was like what are your hobbies I bet you like some exciting things and then he's like I collect spores molds and fungus <laughs> and then like hit home with me because I'm growing like a mushroom on my countertop right now I was like nice. oh my god I'm Egon which I harvested my mushroom today oh yeah <laughs> yeah we gonna Tonight, get any, are we getting any sexy lobster time anytime soon? I don't know. Like, I'm kind of worried. I'm going to do it with the next <laughs> harvest because I have to take a flight soon. And I'm oh. like, what if something goes weird and it <laughs> right. reacts wrong? And I don't want to, like, ruin my trip for some no. weird mushroom reaction. No. <laughs> I mean, not. I smelled it and it smells like a basic mushroom. I didn't smell any shrimp or lobster or whatever, but. <laughs> we'll see i'll saute it with butter oh my god and see what happens i harvested my mushroom tonight <laughs> doesn't that sound creepy <laughs> <laughs> if a dude said it oh it god. would sound really creepy yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so the Ghostbusters go out on their own and they get called to a hotel. Mm-hmm. And they their first real call. Their first real call, and they basically just completely destroy the hotel. Mm-hmm. And uh, they catch the ghost, but they have these wave. What do they call them? Their backpack things. What would I don't know. I think they call them like proton packs or something. But they mm-hmm. say like they're at one point. He's like, we just have like unlicensed nuclear accelerators on our back. And yeah. then they haven't tested them, and then they shoot <laughs> it down the hall and almost hit the cleaning woman, mm-hmm. who's a black lady who then is on her hands and knees in the background cleaning up their mess, these white guys' mess. And they're like, well, at least we know it works. Mm. Like, we're testing this. Did you notice that? Yeah, like, it could be symbolic of, like, the world. Yeah, I did notice it. I thought it was funny that they were, like, I kind of really identified with the fact that they were, like, in the elevator going to their first call. And then they're, like, oh, we've actually never tested our equipment. (laughs) (laughs) I was, like, I feel that. Yes. Yeah, so then they're, like, scared, and then the cleaning lady's coming, and they just turn and, like, all fire at her at the same time, and her cleaning cart explodes, and then there's, like, flaming rolls of toilet paper toilet paper all over the place, and she's just like, what the hell? <laughs> it was funny, the poor woman, but yes. Oh, yeah, I thought it was, like, hey. Super irresponsible. Here's how we are completely irresponsibly testing things on people mm-hmm. that are considered less than by yeah. the old white guard. I mean, She's think like about a Tuskegee airman. Exactly. Uh, you mean the syphilis yeah. experiment? Mm-hmm. Tuskegee syphilis experiment yeah that's fuck. Mm-hmm. seriously but anyway oh i know don't um, even get me started yeah that's what that's what it made me think of was actually yeah, the, right. Tus- the tuskegee syphilis mm-hmm. experiments yeah. um so then the movie turns into a montage <laughs> for like You're most right. of the rest of the movie. <laughs> You're right. It's like a huge montage. I'm not really sure what happened. They're not scared of ghosts. They have them all trapped. They trap them in like this big mas- machine that's like a nuclear reactor kind of a deal. The Dan Aykroyd gets a blowjob from a succubus. A succubus <laughs> with a K. <laughs> Mr. Peck comes from the EPA and he's like, I'm with the EPA and I feel like you guys are doing something funny in here. Yeah, he's what you would call like a stuffed suit. <laughs> <laughs> I've never used that phrase before, but I feel like it would be him. Anybody with a stuffed suit, that guy, <laughs> Mr. Peck. Yeah. I think, like, the funniest part is that in this movie, like, the most unbelievable part of this movie is that the EPA is powerful <laughs> and actually cares about what's going on. I was like, this is farcical. <laughs> might be working in conjunction with the natural history museum oh my god from splash (laughs) it's all in new york what is going on there (laughs) the epa is like coming in and like just like throwing their muscle around Mm -hmm. and then telling the cops like arrest him Mm -hmm. and then at one point they came in and like we're forcing the ghostbusters to shut down their operation because they still didn't know what was even going on but no. they just had a feeling it was bad so they're gonna force them to shut it all down and they bring the police 
And of course they're not cooperating. So he was like, you can shoot him if he moves again or something. Mm-hmm. The EPA guy authorizes a police officer to shoot someone. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what is happening here? And then he's like, officer, I want them arrested. I'm just like, that's not how the EPA works. <laughs> right? idea but the um, environmental protection agency (laughs) can't enact like martial law as far as i I know i feel like the military realistically the military would have been the ones coming in and going we're shutting this down but they wouldn't have shut it down they would have researched it yeah they would have taken taken it over and like weaponized those spirits (laughs) exactly yeah we have a bad guy because what happens when the lights go out all the ghosts are released supercharges the portal to open while they were by it when the portal was open whatever they thought of would manifest Zool would manifest in that form yes I don't know how they knew that or I don't know, but well, I think Harold Ramos did some research. Oh, that's right. That makes sense. And they didn't even have Google then. Oh, you're getting hot talking about Harold Ramos. <laughs> Egon. Egon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, imagine that it's 1984. Mm-hmm. You don't have Google and you're researching an ancient Sumerian god. Like, how does that even work? Well, he's already an academic in probably demonology and all of the other sorts of occult learnings. Mm -hmm. He seems to be a scholar. And he's a scholar to Bill Murray's skeptic in this movie. A gentleman and a scholar. Indeed. Lewis is having a party. <laughs> and I just want you guys to know that Lewis's party, there's gonna be twister and break dancing, okay? <laughs> it's just Lewis. Unfortunately, we also find out that Lewis uh, only invites his clients to parties so that he can write it off as a tax credit for a tax <laughs> credit. And nobody cares when he locks himself out of his own house and gets possessed by Zool to be the key master. Then he wanders around town and there's a commentary on the indifference of the New York City elite when Lewis Mm -hmm. shows up at the window of a fine dining establishment. I think it's Tavern on the Green. Yeah. I always wanted to go there. (laughs) I've seen it, but I've never been inside. I've been Lewis on the outside looking in. <laughs> well, next time you can just like smudge yourself up against the window and like slowly slide down it. Totally reenact that. I missed out when I went to New York before. I went to like Strawberry Fields and whatnot, but I totally missed the Lewis reenactment opportunity. <laughs> you gotta do it. I will. I'll get pictures. Yes. That's funny that you mentioned that because I wrote that down because I remember like as a kid thinking like, oh, poor Lewis, like it's so mean that they just look at him and don't let him in. But it's like from the inside, they can't mm-hmm. see what he's seeing. They can't see like the demon coming towards him. Mm-hmm. They just see this like disheveled teeny man dressed horribly, like banging on the window. Mm-hmm. And as an adult, having lived and seen so many people in just like on drugs or in precarious situations and especially in New York and other places I just see like now that they're just like jaded Mm -hmm. and I'm the same way pretty much and I'm like okay now I probably would have just done the same thing it's like, oh, there's a crazy guy knocking at the glass. Let's go back to dinner, you know, mm-hmm. because especially I would say in New York in the 80s, that was probably pretty commonplace. Well, the Reagan administration had exactly. just let out 
all the psychiatric patients that really mm -hmm. needed in patient care onto the street. Yeah. You're free. Like, I don't know why there's a homeless problem. <laughs> I think this was a commentary on you know, that. You know what I think happened? I think that when uh when that Jimmy Carter, that bleeding heart liberal, whenever he came into office, I think it made everybody poor. And then there's a bunch of homeless people on the street. I think that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Nope. Shutting down the psychiatric hospitals had nothing to do with the homeless epidemic. No, definitely not. Nothing. No. It was definitely all just laziness and the fact that God doesn't love you enough because you're not good enough. Mm. That's really what it is. Because if you have money, that means God loves you more. Right. Right? You're chosen. You're favored. You're blessed. Yeah, so I do remember that scene. And now as an adult, a cynical adult, <laughs> I see it differently. And I would have just gone back to my shrimp cocktail martini probably too. <laughs> just saying, if I saw the demon outside, I probably would have tried to help him. <laughs> but they couldn't see that from inside where they were sitting in their nice cozy yeah. restaurant. And that's kind of like a commentary too, isn't it? Yeah. That's what I thought. They can't see what he's seeing and they don't see the perspective of what's really happening to him and making him act this way because they're living on their cloud. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ghostbusters gets deep. It does. It really does. My favorite part, though, when Lewis was possessed. <laughs> <laughs> He's running around and his hair is all crazy. <laughs> and then he talks to the horse. <laughs> like, the dead will rise. And we need to meet at this time. Blah, blah, blah. And then the guy that's driving like the horse and carriage is like, hey, I make the deals. He just does the work. And then, yeah, Lewis tells him like, you're going to die. Blah, blah, blah. And then Lewis runs off and the guy's like, what an asshole. <laughs> because it's just like he doesn't even pay attention to the fact that he's like predicting the end of the world and all of that because like so many people that you do see out on the street preaching or like proselytizing or just chanting and pacing around talking to themselves are talking about the end of days and the lord is coming and all of that and so it just kind of fits into what you do see so often on the streets and so no one really even paid attention to lewis I like it when um, they're talking about something and he says something, I don't know what. And then Bill Murray's like, are you serious? And he's like, I'm always serious. <laughs> yeah. He is funny. Well, I was watching this movie this time and I was like, oh my gosh. Sometimes like I'll notice whenever I had a crush on a character when I was a kid and I'm watching it now with you and realizing wow that has become like that was like indicative of like the kinds of guys I ended up dating yeah and like that was definitely true for Egon did you date an Egon <laughs> oh my god yes when who when I was in college what made them Egon-y uh pretty much everything oh my god Except i'm pretty sure he doesn't believe in ghosts boring <laughs> i will not date a guy who doesn't believe in ghosts or marry them <laughs> we were highly incompatible in some very fundamental ways yes that are number crucial. one he didn't believe in ghosts strike one that is actually true yes the stay puff marshmallow man that was ray oh okay why don't you tell it oh no i don't want to tell it i just want to correct you <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect can that can that like be our slogan for the show yeah i don't want to tell you i just want to correct you <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, so he scared me when I was little. I I didn't find him cute like to start. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I just don't like things that are that big. I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't like it. <laughs> so my favorite quote in Ghostbusters is when Venkman sees the sailor suited stay puff marshmallow man and he says he's a sailor he's in new york we get this guy laid we won't have any trouble yeah that's my favorite quote from ghostbusters yeah that was awesome delivered perfectly by bill murray definitely (laughs) yeah fleet week baby (laughs) I still think that old school special effects are better than CGI stuff today. I agree. There's so many special effects. I feel like they just were like, okay, we're going to make a movie. We're going to blow up New York. We're just going to destroy a bunch of shit and have a good time. I think that's why people like this movie because it's just like, we're having a good time. Mm-hmm. Nobody's taking things too seriously. Right. After they were forced to shut down their machine, then all the ghosts, like, escaped. I actually love that part of the movie. Mm -hmm. I think it's so cool. And it's, like, they play Mm -hmm. that song. I meant to look up, like, who sings it. Where it's just, like, this weird, like, trippy song comes on. It's, Mm -hmm. like, I believe it's magic. (laughs) And then, like, you just see all these, like, beams of light, like, floating through the city. And all the ghosts are being, like, called to this Mm -hmm. ghost mecca, this building. And that's when everything like really starts happening. And then Zool and Gozer all manifest. And the portals open on the top of the building. And the David Bowie looking woman in the Britney Spears suit is there. And she's like, are you, what are they? She's like, are you a god? Isn't that what she says? I and think then so. Raymond's like, no. And then she's like, and like basically tries to blast them off the building. And then they're like, if someone asks you if you're a god, say yes. And then they like, we got to get this woman. And then they cross streams because they figure out that will like reverse the portal or something. I don't Mm -hmm. even know. Mm -hmm. And then that's how, like, at that time is when Ray like accidentally thinks of Stay Puffs. There's like a giant Stay Puff Marshall Man coming. Mm -hmm. And then they hurt him. And then he turns from a cute face to angry face. And then he gets scary. And then finally, like, the streams all cross. Uh, the portal reverses the safe of marshmallow man explodes the top of the building like completely explodes to where they would definitely all be dead mm-hmm. like when you show the explosion yeah, it's like totally. no one would survive this and they would definitely be blown <laughs> off of the building but somehow they get like covered in a protective layer of marshmallow and survive and um then everything's fine mm-hmm and Sigourney Weaver comes out of her spell and Lewis comes out of his spell. They burst out of the gargoyle statues and Lewis has no one to reunite with. Mm-hmm. But then Sigourney Weaver reunites with Bill Murray and they're like, it's a love story. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know what I was talking about. Well, you probably got distracted by the real love story, which is between Annie Potts and Harold Ramos. Oh, I know. Tell me about it. <laughs> oh, no, they just end up together at the end of the movie. They do. Sweet. <laughs> I feel like I he was, was just kind of like resigned to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. think he expressed any emotion still, but he was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. I think he I think he was happy about it. Yeah. Side. As happy as he could be. I think he probably hides his emotions and expresses them in the bedroom. Ooh. Um, so did you know that the the exploded Stay Puff Marshmallow Man is whip is a shaving cream? Oh okay, cool. I was wondering what it was. Yeah. That makes and- total sense. Now that yeah. you tell me, I can see like it looks exactly like shaving yeah. cream, but I was <laughs> like, I wonder what they use because actually being covered in marshmallow would be Ugh. terrible. So Ugh. sticky, I'd lose my mind. No, definitely yeah. not. Yeah. Shaving cream. Yeah, shaving cream. And then um each suit, each safe puff marshmallow suit mm-hmm. 
cost twenty thousand dollars. Ooh. And I think they dis- they had to destroy four suits, three or four suits mm-hmm. to get the right thoughts. That seems like reasonable for what a huge part of the movie it was. $80,000. Yeah. I mean, I, I just really, I love the old special effects in movies back when they had to actually do real object work. Yeah. And like now that you mention it, I feel like looking at the Stay Puft Man, that actually seems more realistic. Yeah. I swear that CGI is less realistic looking than some of the like well-made special effects from the 80s and 90s for sure. That makes sense because it is a real object, (laughs) not just computer. (laughs) It's all real stuff. You're right. It's like so much CGI and it's like, Okay, I don't know. I'm just not into those. It's like everyone just in a studio in front of a green screen. And it's like, we'll do the rest later. Yeah. You guys just put on this green suit and... Yeah. I guess we could wrap up Ghostbusters here. Let's do it. Uh, I would (laughs) say that the thing that I learned when I was a little kid that I realized watching (laughs) this time of Ghostbusters is that yes... I still kind of have a crush on Harry Ramis. Also, did I say his name right? You called him Harry, a more intimate term. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, Harold. (laughs) Oh my God. So I realized that I still kind of have a crush on Harold Ramis. And also that I thought that being an adult meant that you drink wine during dinner when you're Mm -hmm. cooking dinner. So you drink wine when you're cooking dinner, much like Sigourney Weaver was doing right before her refrigerator turned into the portal to Zulu or to Zul. That's really it. Mm -hmm. This movie is kind of like, it was like a bat. It was like a constant Thing on in the background growing up yeah. and it was all around and at the same time I had very few like actual memories of the movie so that was a really this has been more of a like interesting exercise in memory than anything else mm-hmm. how about you yeah, I feel like I definitely remembered like some of the key scenes, but I forgot some of the key scenes, like the ghost blowjob. And I, same thing, it just felt like omnipresent throughout my childhood. And it's just like, oh yeah, Ghostbusters, that's a great movie. Everyone loves it. And it's just like ingrained in me, but I mm-hmm. hadn't watched it in a long time. But I was just like, I have to love this. Mm-hmm. And then when I rewatched it, I did like it. It was cute. Mm-hmm. There was nothing super controversial. There's nothing super racist or super sexist, really. Mm-hmm. I think it held up well. It had some ghosts, which I love. It had some yeah. comedy. It had scenes of New York in the 80s, which is like, yes, I love that. <laughs> How could you not love that? <laughs> um, so yeah, I think it, it was good. And it had like that great interior of her apartment. Mm-hmm. It was all good. She was mm-hmm. like a cool 80s lady in an yeah. orchestra, like mm-hmm. living on her own in a badass apartment. It had a lot of good things. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I would watch it again in another 10 years mm-hmm. or something. Um, let me ask you this before mm-hmm. we completely end. Because this was like controversial, even though it mm-hmm. shouldn't be, mm-hmm. of the lady Ghostbusters. Remember I people didn't... were like, why are they doing this? They don't need to remake it. Mm-hmm. You didn't see well... it? I didn't see it, but I don't watch. I barely watch movies except like what we're watching. Yeah, and I um anymore, and I also just didn't get around to seeing it. Mm-hmm. Wasn't for any. I didn't have a stance on it. Um, yeah, I thought it was cool. I actually like those people mm-hmm. that are in the movie the women in the movie like um 
I just thought it was funny that all of these movies get remade and nobody says anything about it. And then they remake a movie with women instead of men. And then all of a sudden, everybody is up in arms about how people are making remakes of old classics. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. to me, it was just sort of like, oh, hey, look, there's some sexism. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) Just another day. But you know what else was weird was didn't they do a woman at Ocean's Eleven or something? Yeah, they did. And nobody said anything about that. I mean, I don't know if anyone even thought about that movie. I honestly don't even remember like who's in it or anything. I, I don't. I didn't see it, but I just I didn't either. Vaguely, I think I I think it was on on a plane on an airplane that I was on. Like, but I, I mean, didn't watch it. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't have any interest in watching it, which I guess I don't know. Should I have? Because I'm a woman, but I didn't. I just don't watch Hollywood stuff. Yeah. Anymore. I'm just like, okay, I know the formula. Right. Like I don't even like I don't even see movies. I seriously haven't seen a like prestige movie or whatever. From the last 10 years, probably. Mm-hmm. Even. Like, I just don't watch newer movies, I guess. Generally. Yeah. Now they're remaking it again. Did you know that? With dudes? Oh, wow. Including Paul Rudd and some other people. So if he's in it, it'll probably have, like, Seth Rogen or something in it, too. And it's like, oh, are you doing that just because the women redid it? And so then you have to redo it? to show how you could redo it do you know what i mean it's like not that know. long after the women just redid it's it just, it's just isn't like... there something else you could do i love paul rudd he's adorable he's a vampire he never ages mm-hmm. but do something else yeah do something else. i guess everybody wants to live out their fantasies Maybe, yeah, okay, maybe it's like, you oh, know? they grew up on it, they mm-hmm. loved it too, and they're like, we can be this. And I can they're respect comedic it if that's why they're doing it. Okay. Like, they're comedic actors. Yeah. They grew up wanting to be the Ghostbusters, probably, mm-hmm. and now a corporation called Hollywood, you know, whatever movie company they're with, throws a bunch of money at them, I mean... Now that you say it that way, I'm okay with it. Because it's like they're just having fun and living out their dream. They're not like trying to show up. Yeah, I don't don't think that's, at least not the actors that are in it. Maybe like some of the studio execs, maybe that was an indication for them. But I mean, yeah, you know, I feel like a lot of it with this stuff is just Hollywood not wanting to take a bet on anything because a movie is so expensive to make yeah and the more streaming services are into making movies you know they're giving movie makers more freedom i i guess i'm just like i feel like hollywood's dead like hollywood is dead to me and i live in the past (laughs) that's fine movie wise (laughs) yeah yeah maybe um so I wonder what our question is going to be today. Oh, did we think of one earlier? I mean, I feel like general ghost stories. Ooh. Now is the time to just ask for oh general my God. ghost stories, please. We love ghost stories. Oh my God, yes. I mean, I feel like we could just have a, we. this could have easily just been like a paranormal podcast. Totally. Given our occult histories together. Mm-hmm. I would love ghost stories. Mm. It's getting towards fall. It's mm-hmm. ghost story time. Yeah. Lots of gorse. Gorse. <laughs> stories. <laughs> now, those are stories where you were eating gorse and you saw a ghost. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> Please send us no. your gorsh story. <laughs> 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 yeah.
Yeah, we don't want to filter through a lot of emails. So only send stories of when you're eating borscht. <laughs> you saw ghosts. Save us some time. <laughs> send your borscht stories to coveryourizepodcast at gmail.com. See you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Cover Your Eyes Podcast. We love it when you subscribe, rate, and review. You can also visit our store on Redbubble at Cover Your Eyes Podcast. On Patreon, we've got an after party every week where we tell all our secrets and answer the movie mysteries that keep you up at night. It's twice the melodrama and double the fun. Find it on patreon.com backslash cover your eyes. Oh, don't forget, if you have your own memories of this movie, let us know. Email us at coveryoureyespodcast at gmail.com. I'm harvesting my mushroom tonight.